Hello everyone, my name is Katherine Potter and I'd like to welcome you to You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind. If this is your first time tuning into the podcast, each week we explore topics that support the idea of holistic thinking and that everything and everyone is interconnected and in relationship. Today we are going to delve into the relationship between mind, body, and emotions. In particular, we are going to look at the body's ability to repair and renew itself. My guest is Tammy Quick, a doctor of homeopathy who specializes in the Heilkunst method of natural medicine. Tammy, welcome. I appreciate you coming to share all your wonderful information. Thank you so much, Catherine. I am just tickled pink to be here. It's, it's fun, isn't it, yeah. to, to just take the years of wisdom and put them out there for people to think about. Yeah, and uh, congratulations on how you uh, pronounced Heil Kunst. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The first time when I announced it in my previous uh, podcast to let people know who was my upcoming guest, I wasn't sure, but I've got to tell you I love saying it. For some reason, it's got like a, a cool quality to it. So Is thank it? you. Yeah. It's not the thank easiest you. thing to <laughs> <No>. <laughs> pronounce. So you know what? Before we get into homeopathy, um, your original path was as a singer. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So, well, I was going to say a long way from singing to homeopathy, but maybe not so, because singing can open up some delicious things in the body mind, and that. So, how did you go from being a singer, and probably you still are, but from being a singer to a homeopathic doctor? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, neat question. Thank yeah. you. Um, so I was a, a rather delicate gal, you know, I'm a redhead, sensitive redhead. Ah. So I had to work really hard to be healthy. And at one point, I was a singer in a band, Backroads, Alberta, BC and Saskatchewan. And uh, oh, we used to travel with so much stuff. We used to bring our own, well, microwave, although I don't do that anymore. Yeah. But uh, we also had a Bunsen burner. Um, in addition to all the equipment that we had to, you know, traverse with in order to just be able to you sing were living on the road we right so you road, had yeah. to bring stuff yeah. yeah so if we happened to be in a town that had a health food store i was in my glory and all of my spare time was spent uh reading alternative health books like i was just really really interested in that and then uh, a few years later when i had my first son he was a very challenging individual to raise and uh he was diagnosed with so many of those alphabet soup of letters, the ADHD, ODD, etc, mm-hmm. etc. Et and so I was trying to figure out how to help him. And so yeah. pause for a second. So at that point, you were still on the singing path, but now you're a mom. And with a baby who's got some challenges, had you started studying your? Um, uh, you you not hadn't started studying. Yeah, okay, not at all. Okay, no. But I was still, you know. I know. I had heard that you said you had been reading books yeah. and interested in the complementary health modalities for a long time. Yeah. Natural health, a uh, natural healing methods. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and so, actually, he wasn't a baby anymore. He was older okay. by this point, and I had my second son. Um, and uh, I started working part-time in a health food store. Okay. And so that was how I started getting really uh, introduced to all kinds of different alternative paths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, for, so you are a homeopathic doctor, and I know you specialize, um, but just for listeners who may not know what homeopathy is, can you just um, give us sure, you know, a little bit of an, uh, an introduction to what that is? Yeah. So I'm going to... Um, correct you just a tiny bit. Okay, I like it. I would say Heil Kunst is actually the system of medicine. So Samuel Hahnemann, uh, people may know as the father of homeopathy. Yes. But the system of medicine that he is actually the father of is Heil Kunst. So Heil Kunst, uh, uh, my favorite translation is salvation of the soul. Okay. Um, because it's the understanding that we don't actually get sick at the physical level. We get sick at the level uh, of the energy that animates the physical. So our energy body is yeah, what you're our talking energy about. Body. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And, um, and so he recognized uh, 
well, at some point after he understood homeopathy, that, that it was this entire system that had to be dealt with. Homeopathy is actually the, the medicament or the medicine that we use in the whole system of Heilkunst. And so it's based in a natural law that they've known about since the time of Hippocrates called the Law of Similars. And I like to tell people the easiest way of understanding that is if you came to see me and let's say it was allergy season and your nose was running and your eyes were running, one of the remedies that you might get from me would be a homeopathic dose of onion. And the reason for that is uh, what happens when you chop up an onion. Oh, I like it. Of course, your eyes run. Yeah. And so, so just to clarify, um, it's based on the principle of similar. And so you're saying by treating the body with something similar to what the um the what the the the, the um, what it's already expressing what is already expressing yeah. you're actually creating a balance yeah but to be clear yeah. i wouldn't give people an onion to chop up because that would cause the symptoms yes so i have to make it a highly diluted version of the onion and then that takes the symptoms away and without getting too techy um that's that's the remedies right exactly that they're very diluted diluted yeah and so you're not having somebody sit in front of you chop an onion and say there that's going to get rid of those <laughs> yes because that really would be crazy <laughs> that would be crazy all right of course yeah. and and i have heard about the principle of similar yeah and um but i want to go back to something you said so you're saying heil kunst was the originator of it and then it became what better known through yeah samuel or, or uh well no samuel hanneman is the the, okay. the man who uh his genius birthed this entire system. Oh, okay. But it's kind of, you know, been dumbed down for whatever reason yes. from Heil Kunst yes. to homeopathy. And if I heard what you said, you were saying it goes beyond just taking a remedy mm -hmm. because I think what I heard you begin to talk about is you're looking at the whole picture. And so yeah. there may be a, a mental, emotional, or physical kink in the energy body because you were talking about energy body am i correct yeah and there's a time machine tell me what you mean by that <laughs> <laughs> so um i tell patients that heil kunst is like your time machine back to health and wholeness so uh one of the cornerstones of heil kunst is looking at what we call the traumatic timeline so uh various events that have happened throughout your lifetime each one leaves this little energetic mark. Kink, uh, like a kink yeah, in the energy field. Yeah, an impingement, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hanneman called it. And so the remedies uh, used in the correct order, in the correct potency, will remove that imp impingement. So um, for our purposes, it, it could be you know something like the death of a loved one, sudden death of a loved one, or one that's even expected. Uh, uh, in Samuel Hanneman's time, it was a, a fall into a cold lake. It was, um, it could be, you know, somebody who's used a lot of recreational drugs, alcohol, that could be a particular mm -hmm. moment in time. Mm -hmm. uh, antibiotics would be another one, you know. Mm -hmm. So all of these things that we don't necessarily think of as leaving, the, you know, leaving their mark in us and energetically. Yeah. And it builds up in time. So typically when a person comes to see me, most people have what we call a chief complaint mm -hmm. that finally kind of was the straw that broke the camel's back and made mm -hmm. them decide to come to an alternative practitioner. And so my question is, so what was going on in your life when the symptoms first began, not the diagnoses, but when the symptoms first started, what was going on in your life? And most people know right away, oh, it was right around my divorce, or it was after my hysterectomy, or after my car accident, mm -hmm. and so on. And so often there's a period predating when when something shows up you know where someone will say oh this out of the blue happened but there is that period predating where there was a lot of stress right and that's what you're yeah. saying yeah. there's the straw that broke the camel's back and something is presenting itself yeah the but stress not, or yes. a specific event or yeah. a specific event yeah um so you know having worked in a related field and talked to people of different health modalities uh what does homeopathy, homeopathy um, address 
you know, we're born with our strengths and weaknesses. We're developed in the womb, right? So there's so does homeopathy address something that could have been an inherited weakness? Yeah, absolutely. So um, one set of disease states, energetic disease states that we recognize are called miasms. And the miasms are uh, chronic diseases that are difficult to eradicate and pass from generation to generation. But not the disease expression in the physical, but the um, the governing belief that kind of goes with it. So uh, in school, we learned that disease truly is a state of mind. And, you know, I, I don't say that uh, flipply because it's not like you can just affirm your way out of these conditions. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure people understand mm-hmm. that. Um, and the understanding of that comes layer by layer, just like peeling an onion, going back to the onion again. <laughs> but um, so these miasms, for example, one one of the chief ones that Hahnemann recognized even in his day, in his day he recognized three, but now we've got nine. Um, so syphilinum was a big one. Sounds like what? Syphilis, mm-hmm. right? So it's not the acute expression of syphilis, but it is this belief state. It's destruction on all levels that is basically the state of mind that goes with syphilinum. And so um, that is what gets passed on from generation to generation. And it could be inherited, but you could also grow up in a family that's got, you know, quite a strong disposition of syphilinum. And maybe somehow, you know, you didn't necessarily inherit the state of mind, but because you're exposed to it constantly, then you kind of organically get it that way. Okay. So... I want to pause here and break this down a little bit because it's a big topic. That's quite interesting what you're saying. And, um, you know, sometimes our listeners are, you know, very well versed in a lot of the, um, you know, healing modalities, sometimes new to it. So tell me if I hear what you're saying. So you're saying something can be in the family of origin. So whether it be, you know, I, I tend not to break mental, emotional, or physical into separate categories, mm. right? If, if something's breaking down, it doesn't matter if we're having a mental, emotional, or physical breakdown. It's, it's the, whole, mm-hmm. the whole picture. It's just different people will have it present in different ways. And so what you're saying is we may have inherited, you know, we were born into a certain family. We may have inherited certain predispositions to something. Um, and then depending on the, and I'm asking, by the way, I'm checking in with you, depending on the environment, the philosophy around certain things, the values, the beliefs around certain things, unconsciously, we may be owning it and and working on it throughout our lifetime. Um, so we may be owning it and then um, it becomes ours too. Yes. Okay. That's what I heard you say, right? Owning it as well as But not in a conscious way, of course. And so nobody gets up in the morning and goes, Yay, I want to learn about this health condition, right? Right. That's going to be a fun thing. So unconsciously, we're attracted to certain things. And, you know, it kind of matches. So, yeah. Well, I'd just like to interject, Catherine, that um, we also learned about the ambient yeah. And so, as you were talking about the whole, right, yeah. we also were trained to look at what is going on in their basic environment. Yes. So people, for example, who, you know, even though they put the money in the bank on time, yeah. the bank bounces the check and then the rent doesn't get paid and then the car payment doesn't go through. And this happens all the time, yeah. right? Even though that wouldn't necessarily classify as mental, emotional, or physical, we would definitely consider that as part of, part it's of the stress. miasm. It's yeah. stress, right? And um, and we all have trauma, little trauma or big trauma, but nobody gets through life without stress. Yeah. Nobody gets through life without inherited. Nobody gets through life. I mean, it's, you know, there's big, huge trauma, Right, and then there's the little day-to-day traumas. Mm-hmm. I think that build up. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what. Yes, you're saying there's like the whole the whole picture. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm interesting. Okay. Interesting. So 
when I was reading some of your information, there is the remedy part of it, but that's not the only part, right? So somebody comes to you, you're not just giving them the remedy. Is that correct? Correct. Can you just flesh that out a wee bit? Yeah. So you use the word remedy. Um, so in Heilkunst, there could be more than one remedy. So yeah. that's different from classical homeopathy. Okay. Um, so there is that. And again, Samuel Hahnemann discovered that when he realized that we've got these miasms, the chronic expression, as well as the acute expression. Mm -hmm. So if you just treat the acute expression without dealing with the miasmatic part, you won't get whole cure, right? So Can right you just define for a second for listeners the difference between acute and chronic? Yeah. So yeah. again, if we go back to the syphilitic model. Yeah. Um, so syphilinum gonorrhea, very big yeah. in, in our history, particularly yeah. for European history. And at one point, we thought we had it made when we brought in the antibiotics. Mm -hmm. But the antibiotics only suppress that acute physical expression. They don't take care of this state of mind the that root, I was talking about. The yeah, root exactly. cause, yes. And so if we bring that back to... Um, so somebody might be prone to getting a whole bunch of canker sores in the mouth. Mm -hmm. While that's not a, a, an acute expression of syphilis, mm -hmm. it is the it could be the expression of the miasm. So I'm not going to you know leave them just to suffer with that. I'm going to give them the appropriate appropriate remedies to treat those mouth yes. ulcers, yeah. but I'm also going to treat the miasmatic expression that I know it's. And what from. does that look like? So so when you say to treat. The syphilinum. Yeah, I yeah. Mean. So tell me what that looks like. So you're saying there's the remedy part. Well, and those then would be two remedies. Yeah. Or more. Oh, okay. So there could be a combination of remedies to deal with the symptoms, which yeah. is the acute yeah. mouth ulcers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then the miasmatic would be the syphilinum, and that would be another remedy. But you're right, Catherine. At the same time, we're looking at, well, how is this person taking care of uh, him, himself or herself on a daily basis. Yes. So I always tell my patients, I can tell whether you've made the dietary changes or not, because the ones that do invariably are so much better in four weeks when they come for their first follow-up. Mm -hmm. um, and usually by three months, whatever the chief complaint uh, was is either gone or a good 97% gone. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, changing, if there needs to be changing, yeah. there, there doesn't, doesn't always, always but yeah. looking at things like hydration um, nutrition uh, you know are, is there um, does this person need more fun mm -hmm. does this person need more sleep mm -hmm. does this person need more orgasms you know yeah. we, it, yeah, we cover like all home. of that yeah and then there's also the okay well the way I would determine whether it's this miasmatic thing or whether it was something in that timeline of shocks and traumas is through that magic question. When did this begin? So yeah. if this person says, well, you know, it's kind of been something I've had my whole life, likely it's going to be more yeah. miasmatic. There yeah. could be an event that all of a sudden it really did start, but the miasmatic yeah. portion it's would still be there. It's been there for as yeah. long as a person. This is similar in some ways to hypnotherapy. There's the things that, you know, a person, you know, something is related to an event, but often it's it's been there. They can't remember it not okay. being there. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, so um, you then are... It's not then just the remedies, it's the remedies and you're saying, hey, are you making some lifestyle changes to support the mental, emotional, physical body? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And is that um, different than, you know, a traditional approach to homeopathy? I couldn't say. Okay, I wasn't. I'm, I'm just traditional. curious. Is that you're not traditional? <laughs> so you're specialized more in this Heil Kuntz, yeah, right? So it's yeah. very much part of the Heil Kuntz. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But for classical, I'm not sure. Okay. So here I have a question for you. I very much believe that holistic means sometimes in the holistic fields, and I hear this with students and things like that. We've got it in a box, and I think holistic is being able to bring different systems together and work with them. So I know in Europe, I know in the past in Europe, um, the, you know, this has been part of mainstream too, right? So doctors um, are more open to this sort of thing. What about here? Do you find, I mean, because ideally you would want somebody telling their if they have a medical doctor, a Western medical doctor, you'd want them to say, I'm also working with 
my homeopathic mm-hmm. doctor, right? Because mm-hmm. that's holism, right? That's like saying, hey, let's team up. Um, so do you find, first off, the doctors you come across are open to it? Um, are your patients open to being able to have that conversation? Um, yeah, talk to me about that. It's a mixed bag, I would say. So I'm in my 10th year of practice. Yeah. And sadly, I'm still surprised when people come to me and say, oh, my doctor's really open to this. Yeah, <laughs> I would I'd love, love that. to. Yeah, yeah, but I would love to say, yes, of course he or she is. Yeah. <laughs> right? But so it's still a little bit of a mixed bag. My own medical doctor and I, um, we actually share a few patients. And um, he, one day when I went in and said, yes, I'd, I'd like to check this, this, and this in blood work, please. He said, you know, I don't know what karma it is that I have that made me get you as a patient, but here we are. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that's great. So you work as a team, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the whole, really, that's what holistic is. Not to yeah. say this is holistic, this is not holistic. It's more how a person approaches anything in life. Yeah. Okay. But you know what? When I was doing book signings, uh, yeah. which I did quite a bit the last month or so, Uh, there was a man who came near my table and I said, hi, my name is Tammy. I'm a doctor of homeopathy in Halkunst. And he went, uh, I'm, I'm a medical doctor, so we're completely on opposite. And I said, oh, but we can still be friends, right? And he went, uh, I guess, and walked away. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah. And, and, and again, it's just, he's got his system. He's not open to other systems. And and you're saying, hey, we can chit chat. There's a place together. And so if somebody comes to you and they've got a more serious condition and they want to work with you as well as, like, are you open to that? For example, let's say somebody has, um, I don't know, they're they're using chemo for something, right? Mm-hmm. Are you able as a homeopathic doctor, because I know some people will probably think about that, oh, I've, I work with a doctor, I've got this condition. Are you able as a homeopathic doctor, able to um, work with somebody who's maybe taking a, using chemo or? Yeah. yeah, I am and I have. Yeah. Um, but a lot of us are backing away from that more and more simply because the outcomes aren't that great. Um, Unfortunately, you know, those are kind of the statistics with chemotherapy and radiation is often, you know, later on people do, you know, pass away. And so people in the alternative health field sometimes get blamed when in fact it was, you know, some of these other choices that people made. Um, so uh, some of my colleagues are choosing not to work with people in that kind of situation. Okay, so you're saying you have to be cautious. Yeah. And your so would your ideal patient be somebody who is working with something uh, on the level of mental, emotional, physical? You can have a dialogue yes. about what gets bound or kinked or yeah, uh, absolutely. in the energy body how can we make these lifestyle changes yeah absolutely um, but the thing is like for i mean you you broached the topic of chemo so when we go back to talking about the timeline of shocks and traumas so as we continue working through that you know the idea is um not the idea but what happens is at some point we find what 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 it was that triggered yes. in this case cancer right yeah Um, in conjunction with doing all of the dietary interventions and nutrition and so on. Um, But at the same time, if you're doing all of that and you're continuing to, you know, basically poison your body, each time you get another one of those treatments, it's another one of these layers on the timeline of shocks and traumas. So we can constantly kind of be, you know, putting out fires and Mm -hmm. then never able to get to the core, which is the root cause. So again, an ideal situation, maybe somewhere in the future we can plant a seed for that, Tammy, is when we get um, different doctors working together as a team, and they're saying, okay, it's gone this far, let's deal with this, but let's work on the root cause too, so it doesn't reappear somewhere else in a different form. Right, right? exactly. Okay, that's our wish to go out and say let's, and we are, I mean, Compared to probably 20 years ago, there's way more openness to combining uh, the different modalities. 
I'm an idealist, yeah. and I'm I'm hoping for that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it's interesting because in in all of my extra uh, learning as time has gone on, I love this analogy, and it makes so much sense. Uh, if you, again, we'll go with the cold, right? If you mm-hmm. have a super runny nose mm-hmm. and you go to a doctor, and the doctor says, oh, I'll just remove your nose. That'll take mm-hmm. care of that. Well, it would, but we know somehow intuitively that the cold isn't in our nose. It's just expressing itself, mm-hmm. right? So why would cancer be any different, mm-hmm. right? So we're basically saying don't mask. The symptom is there. It's trying to tell you something. Yeah. Um, and... And it's a big topic because sometimes uh, I think we always want to stay away from people feeling bad about illnesses can take us somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, typically, again, people often get into a field because they've had a hard set of conditions that have opened up the door to study and then they're thinking, hey, I'm going to work in this field. So I think we need to get away from that mindset of this is good or bad and more this is. Yeah, Dr. Hanneman right. said disease is the cure for what ails you. Yeah, interesting. Because it, it draws your attention. Because it's the, it's, the, it's the dramatic, like, hello, just so you know, something's been sitting, growing. Yeah. All right, cool. So, um, briefly, before we leave this topic, because I want to hear about your book, your second book, but Thank before you. we leave this topic, can you... Uh, let our listeners know what is the difference between a naturopath and a homeopathic doctor okay. is or is there a difference there is difference? yeah absolutely okay. there is good yeah. question thank you so um for people in alberta anyway the one of the primary differences is if you go to a, a naturopath they can order blood tests for you okay yeah a homeopath cannot do that so that's why i do really encourage a good relationship with the doctor yeah um so that's one primary example uh the the the, the big thing is going back to the law of similars there's mm-hmm. also this natural law of opposites yes and so if you have uh, let's say inflammation in your knee so it's red and it's sore and it's swollen uh, if you go to your medical doctor, you will get a uh, drug that is an anti-inflammatory. Yeah. So that word anti tells yeah. us right there it's in the law it's of opposite. It's an opposite. Right. Yeah. Uh, if you go to your naturopath, they may make some dietary suggestions and so on, but they're going to give you natural medicines that are also anti-inflammatory. Yes. And you also know which law it's in because if you stop taking the medicine and your symptoms come back, it hasn't cured. It's just suppressed or palliated it until nature takes its course or whatever right so basically that's that's the difference is that naturopathy is still working with the natural law of opposites um, not the law of similars however they do get a little bit of training in homeopath in homeopathy so sometimes they will use some homeopathic medicines as part of their treatment plan as well okay 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 um, what else did I want to say about that uh, I, I want to explain where the the law of uh, opposites is curative. Mm-hmm. So if you came to see me, even though I'm a homeopath, not a naturopath, if you had bleeding gums, if you were catching everything all the time, um, if you bruised very easily, uh, if your energy levels were quite low, I might be suspicious that you had a vitamin C deficiency. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and so... We used to call it scurvy, right? Yes. Most people are walking around with a, a subclinical vitamin C deficiency because it just isn't available in our food like it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that case, if I was to, or if the naturopath was to give you a high dose of vitamin C, that's the opposite of not having enough, and then it is actually curative. Okay. Okay. So, um, of course, you say something, my mind goes somewhere. <laughs> And, you know, again, my background training um, has, you know, I sp- spent a while studying Vedic things. And so would a naturopath or a homeopath first try and bring, for, for example, a lack of cause, um, vitamin C in through diet? Because you were talking about earlier on diet changes. So are you saying 
let's try and bring this in that way or or I would love that but um, we just don't seem to have the nutrients in our food anymore like we did uh, there is a one statistic that says you know what my grandmother would have gotten from one orange in her day yeah. uh, we have to eat an entire bag of oranges hmm. and so you know who has the time to do that not to mention you know, then you're getting a high dose of fructose to go yeah. with it. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so uh, largely it's going to be nutrition. Magnesium, as long as we're on the topic, is huge. There's a quote from a, a politician in 1936 who said that soil depletion is becoming a real problem. And that was how many years ago? And when they're talking soil depletion, people don't always understand that they're talking about we're losing what some valuable minerals or nutrients yeah from yeah. the soil so then it can't you know the foods grow without those nutrients as well and a large part of it is the way that we're farming now so the more that we can support the little farmers the ones that are trying to do organic as possible and staying away from herbicides and pesticides even tilling the soil mm -hmm. is a big part of this problem too so this brings us of course back to the beginning of the show when I talk about how everything is interconnected and everything is in relationship and um, you know how much we need uh, farmers who are in the know who are working in a holistic way mm -hmm. it's holistic it mm -hmm. goes so far beyond right how we take care of our health yeah. okay so thank you this has been very informative it's really good so good. let's talk about you have a second book because you um, had uh, a previous book, but let's talk about your second book. And I believe it's called Your Wait Is Over. Is that correct? Yeah. Did w I get it right? W-E-I-G-H-T. W-E-I-G-H-T. Yes. And um, so, hey, tell us a little bit about that. Okay. So, um, so I'm a curvy gal, and I pretty much always have been. Um, but, you know, when I was a kid, I was one of only two curvy kids in the whole school. Sure. We, might, we might say it was chubby back then. Um, <laughs> and, and that was hard. That yeah. was really hard. That was before, you know, so much changed in our environment. And we've got a lot of people that struggle with weight now. Yeah. Um, so it's been a little bit of something that's been on my mind throughout my lifetime. And, you know, it ebbs and flows, gets better, gets a little bit worse and so on. Um, and then I started an alternative health practice. And even though I followed what I was teaching other people, I still struggled a little bit. And there was one time when a gentleman was seeing me and I said to him, you know, I think you need to go see your doctor and get him to do a fasting insulin test because I think that based on where you're carrying your weight in your abdomen, you've got type two diabetes. And he looked me over and he says, well, you're no fashion model either, you know. <laughs> Oh, so he heard it uh, differently. Yeah. So before we go further into the book, I just want to very briefly touch base, and I don't know if you talk about this in the book. Not everybody has the same body type is the bottom line. Right. I mean, I, I've met some people who are what is considered overweight, but they're pretty damn healthy. You know, they mm -hmm. move their body in good ways. They eat well. They've got really good energy. And so we've been learning over the last few years, I think, to broaden our idea of there's not just one body type. Mm -hmm. There's somebody who's naturally quite thin. There's somebody who's naturally more curvy. And yes. I think you're talking about... I. I I want to clarify, are you saying when you were younger, you just naturally, so different than being overweight, right? You yeah. naturally had a more curvy kind sure, of Sure, that is my body type. Yeah. And I think you must have been in that meeting with me with that fellow, because that was kind of what I said to oh, him. Good right? for you. But um, yeah. thank you. Um, but I, certainly there have been times in my life when I was struggling with my weight and I didn't know why, because yeah. according to conventional wisdom, you know, eat less, move more, I should have been okay but I was only for a certain amount of time and then the weight would come back and then some. So, and I felt really passionate about it as an alternative practitioner because yeah. when people came to me, I wanted to be able to give them a solution. Yeah. So uh, my, my younger son um, was diagnosed with type one diabetes when I was in my third year of alternative medical school. So that was a, an interesting 
kind of thing. Isn't it interesting when family members give you people to practice on? Yes, exactly. (laughs) That and also to learn that, yeah, there really is a place for both of these systems. There really is a place. Oh, Tammy, so wise. There is a place for both of these systems. Yeah. Yeah, So continue what you were saying. So um, because I'm always trying to figure out, you know, how to help him as best I can, Um, and empower him to help himself as best I can. Eventually, I started learning about uh, a high-fat, low-carbohydrate diet because they've actually done studies with mice models where they've reversed type 1 diabetes. Type 1 is where your body's not producing enough insulin. Type Mm -hmm. 2 is what most people get, in which case they've got lots and lots and lots of insulin, and it's a different situation but in type 1 you you know the problem is the the certain cells in the pancreas are not producing insulin anymore okay. and so it's life or death they absolutely have to take that drug oh, okay. to be okay in yeah. insulin yeah um, and so I came across this and then I started hearing more and more about keto ketogenic eating keto which is this high fat uh, low carbohydrate eating plan and then I had patients who were asking me well do you know anything about it so I decided to do an experiment on myself so that I could be you know somewhat conversant when people asked and my plan was to do it for three weeks um, and I absolutely hated it if you're used to eating the way that we normally eat which is with a fair amount of carbohydrate uh, regularly then it's gonna be like I tell people it's like um, changing your, your cat's food initially your body isn't gonna know what to do with it I have to laugh that you said cat food as opposed to dog food because a cat's probably gonna be a little bit hissier yes, right <laughs> exactly they're so fussy and difficult they're not good with change yeah. at all yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. so and and it's really hard to continue convince your body to go what I can use fat as a fuel source but Mm -hmm. no 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 I I'm really good at using sugar give me the sugar please right Mm -hmm. so you can feel hungry you can feel miserable you can feel nauseous they they don't call it the keto flu for nothing so my plan was three weeks which is the gold standard for testing things out and then I was going back to my regular eating and at that three week mark right when I was going to stop suddenly ah, I got the brain euphoria that goes along with burning fat for fuel. Suddenly my body had figured it out and fat is actually the ideal fuel for your brain. And so suddenly you can think better and you can process better and you're not searching for those words like you used to be and your energy levels are so much better, your mood is so much better. Hmm. And I went, why would I ever give this up? So I, you know, it became a lifestyle for me, but Uh, As I kept, you know, researching and learning, I realized, no, the entire lifestyle is not staying in ketosis forever, uh, cycling in days of feasting where you are eating a lot more carbohydrate and a lot more protein, and then even bringing in fasting as part of this complete system, because fasting, I don't know if you know this, well, you probably do with a lot of your background, but it is such an incredible... um, healing uh, modality it can heal autoimmune disease in fact in my research back to you know learning from my type 1 diabetic son uh, they're actually even using fasting to heal autoimmune situations like type 1 diabetes fascinating so fasting people can some uh, you know I've met people who are like yeah I like fasting and other people it's like okay crazy talk but fasting even can be I'm, I'm cl- clarifying asking you by the mm-hmm. way can even be maybe not eating after let's say seven o'clock at night and then you're fasting naturally through the night anyway mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. and then maybe starting again you know a bit later yeah very in the good day. point because interestingly it was around 1977 uh, when sugar became readily available, you can't even take your kid to mm-hmm. Staples without there being sugar right there at their mm-hmm. eye level. But the other thing that happened is we started thinking that we needed to eat all day long to balance our blood sugar. It actually mm-hmm. does the opposite. But anyway, um, and so we stopped uh, having that at least 12-hour fast through the night. Yes. And that was a really Which is a natural, thing. if you think about it, we get back into the natural rhythm, right? That we're sleeping, we're resting, but our body is doing something important still. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I know um, 
that for some people that might seem less intimidating rather than thinking I'm going to go a few days without fasting or a full day with uh, without food, right? Yeah. And, uh, I, I can't remember who mentioned that to me. And I thought, well, of course, that comes back into natural rhythm. Yeah. 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 Well, I designed the book. Um, and so I was just ready to say, yeah. so this is all in the book, It right? is. And I designed the book so that each chapter builds on the next one, and it actually is the next step in this whole lifestyle approach that you can keep for the rest of your life. Mm. So I put, you know, fasting way at the end because I want people to go into what we call ketosis first when I was talking about that three-week mark ah, mm -hmm. um, when your body has learned to use fat as a fuel source again that in my opinion is when you start you can start fasting then because before that it's going to be hard mm -hmm. um, be, you know you will well so People talk about IF, which is intermittent fasting, which okay. is a little bit what we're talking yeah. about. But I also um, teach people in the book about doing multi-day fasts if they mm -hmm. want to as well and how to do it properly. So the reason that you would do a multi-day fast is, again, kind of harkens back to what I was talking about with the autoimmune. You're not going to cure autoimmune disease by intermittent fasting mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. things haven't changed enough in that time period. You need to be fasting um, water only fast basically for a minimum of three days and then your body goes into this incredible um, process called autophagy mm -hmm. where it's basically consuming itself but it's very intelligent it does not consume healthy parts it only consumes the old and the sick parts of itself so in the case of an autoimmune disease uh, like type 1 diabetes it would be consuming those the sick beta cells so if you keep fasting after you know those three days going into day four day five is kind of considered the minimum for mm -hmm. this um, treatment protocol then you start eating your healthy ketogenic foods again, low carb, high fat, lots of vegetables. That that's a really important point. Lots, I of, make. Vegetables. lots of vegetables. And that's Tammy, just so you know, had a very focused look when she was saying that. Lots <laughs> of vegetables, guys. Tammy, can we just though? So I I I'm always a little bit cautious for people who um, are are listening really important if you have a health condition to do this in a supervised yes, way right yes, you're not a diabetic you, who's going to no. come off their insulin or all of a sudden start fasting any uh, type one or two right okay yes. so everybody be intelligent you work with your doctor to to do this yeah, right absolutely. yeah absolutely yeah, yeah um but so i think the point that i was trying to get to was that um so going back to the autoimmunity, oh, I don't remember exactly what where we started in that particular mm -hmm. conversation, but so, but that's so. What I like, what I heard, um, what I I'm hearing about the book is that you're building. You're yes, building thank on you different for things. Me. I think that's so what building, you were talking exactly. about. Exactly. Yeah. So if you jump into a th you know three day fast, yeah. being somebody who eats a standard North American diet, yeah. you're going to suffer. Sure. And you're not going to get the same benefits because it's going to take three days just for you to burn all the glucose out of yeah. your liver. Yeah. So you know that's why I teach these steps, right? So the name of the book, it's interesting, is called Weight, as in W-E-I-G-H-T, no more. But what I think I'm hearing you say is this book would be good for people of any weight. Is yes. that correct? You're not yes. just talking about people, because people can get so obsessed about... You're talking about just um, bringing your body to maybe its natural weight, which will be what's right for you right and so it doesn't yes. matter so would this be good for a person who's super thin who has difficulty putting on weight like are you saying the whole yeah but we'd want to look at why are they super thin and having okay. difficulty but yeah. in all um honesty yeah. some people can have can struggle if they are really thin yeah. going into ketogenic eating yeah. again i would want to do blood work make sure they're not celiac and so on yes. if they have a history of celiac then i'm going to work with that in the Heilkunst timeline right yes. at the same time um they might have to have more of those feast days with higher carb days but yes. we want to make sure it's healthy carbs yeah um you know not potato chips and chocolate bars and so on but things like sweet potato and apples and more berries and you know that kind of thing so fascinating and do you get into that uh the the right types of foods to eat in the book yeah absolutely oh, okay. i really designed the book 
with my patients in mind. Yeah. Um, so even if I have a patient that's a completely healthy weight, by the way, that's a moving target now because yes. we have people that are yeah. walking around that we call skinny fat people. Yeah. So they're not piling it in fat cells that anybody can see, but they're piling yeah. it around their organs, which yeah. is really dangerous. So, so uh, but say somebody who's a healthy weight that I'm reasonably satisfied that, nope, they're actually a healthy person too. This book is still going to benefit them because it's a whole lifestyle so that they can stay healthy their entire life. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very nice. Sounds like a fascinating book. Thank you. So, where can people find it? So I, I like. So it's called Wait No More. No, nope. your wait is over. Oh, sorry, your wait is over. See, it's a good thing you corrected me. <laughs> you're, I got so excited about the book. Your wait is over uh, by Tammy Quick. And where can people find that book? So they can find it through me, the Quick Health Clinic. Okay. Uh, they can find it on Amazon. Okay. All of the Amazons. Um, it's at Select Save on Foods in oh, the I like it. area. It's so paper and is it also? Um, yes, an ebook. Okay, so paper and an ebook, and, and an so e-book, I'm hearing yeah. chapters from Tammy's site. Tammy, can you give us your site, your, your web address? Yeah, my website is www.quick-health.ca. So okay, and so they can get it directly from you, yeah. and you said Amazon. Mm-hmm. So is that Amazon.ca or it's any Amazon? Any okay, Amazon, so it's yeah. available. Even our UK listeners, yeah. Okay, um, I should mention that it's also at Amaranth at the Enjoy Center. Okay, in, so that, for Amaranth. people who aren't local, that is a local um, health food store. Amaranth? Uh, Whole Foods store. Whole Foods store. They have groceries, too. Oh, okay, yeah. great, great. And so it's easy to find. And did you say at the chapters? And select chapters select in, in chapters. the Edmonton area. Yeah. And nice. Ascendant Books, too. Oh, great. Edmonton, yeah. Okay, so Edmonton, there's quite a few places. And yeah. everybody else, you can get it through your site. You can mm-hmm. get it through Amazon. It sounds like a great book. Thank sounds you. like a really good book. Getting some good feedback, so yeah, yeah pretty blessed. That it's it just recent. Me. You just recently put yeah. it out, right? Uh, August eighth. Okay, one. so yeah. that's fairly new. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. So Tammy, um, two things before we wrap up here. Uh, you you already gave your um, website. Mm-hmm. And then if people want to email you, is there a place on the website that they can? There is. And my email is Tammy. That's T-A-M-M-I-E. Yeah. Uh, Tammy. Oh, I always mess up the website and the email. Um, Tammy at quick-health.ca. Is your is website. Is your email. Is email. See, you okay, did I did it too. Okay, now everyone's going to be so confused. I think probably also if people Google Tammy Quick, Quick, uh, Edmonton. Yeah, Yeah. they'll they'll find you. Now that we've messed with everybody's mind between (laughs) even the book. Do we have a moment to talk about the first book? Just Uh, we do, and I I just wanted to make sure we get this information in. Um, But also before we go to the first book, I would like to ask you. So not everybody's here in Edmonton. Mm -hmm. We've got like this. Uh, you know, I keep, I'm thinking it now of Edmonton Gems. There's such a pool of resources mm-hmm. here. I, I'm amazed. Having gone and studied in different places, and I'm amazed at the quality of people that come out of Edmonton. So, but somebody, let's say, isn't in Edmonton, um, is there an organization in Canada or worldwide where somebody can um, uh, find out about a homeopathic doctor? Like, are there organizations that we can mention? You know, the, again, I'm sure there is one for the classical homeopaths. I don't know what it is. But for Heil Kunst homeopathy, it's the International Heil Kunst Association. So, okay. Yeah. And they have a website? Yep. And betcha. is that the website? Y- yeah, I don't... Yeah, yeah if you just... Um, do a search of okay. International Health So again, we're going to spell, that's H-E-I-L-K-U-N-S-T yes. method. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, so if anybody's Googling it, and they are a world organization, yes. aren't they? Yeah. And probably very strong, I would think, in Europe. Is that fair to say? Or Yes. 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 And so you can find a practitioner if you want to find them. I, I wasn't sure if there was a Canadian organization. Or no, so. it's the same, international. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we are a small group. where There aren't that many of us. Yeah. And so all of us are happy to work with people via Skype. 
Oh, okay. Uh, worldwide, yeah. That's good to know. Yeah, That's Skype good or to Zoom know. or whatever yeah, you're yeah, using. Yeah, yeah. whatever you All right, so let's talk about that first book. Okay. So the last book is Wait Is Over, Your Wait Is Over. Yeah. Your first book? Yeah. yeah. How to Live Happily Ever After Down Under, the yeah. How to Thrive with Lichen Sclerosis Guide. And so that's the piece I wanted to make sure people knew about. I've become a little bit of a specialist in this kind of nasty skin condition called lichen sclerosis. That Which is, can you just... It's like... I mean, it's similar to an eczema, so lots of itching, burning, cracking, redness, inflammation, pain, um, you know, the kind of itching that'll keep you up at night, the kind of itching that will drive you crazy and keep you from being able to live your life. But it preferentially tends to happen to women. Men can get it, but preferentially mostly women, and below the belt. So. Okay, so say the title again. So Down Under is not about Australia. Exactly. <laughs> how to live happily ever after. Down Under. Yeah. The How to Thrive with Lichen Sclerosis Guide. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that book came out over three years ago now. Okay. Um, it was something that I struggled with personally, and professionally I was able to help people with it in my clinic. And then I had um, a pretty amazing personal experience, uh, spiritual experience, and my recovery started unfolding as well. And at some point I realized I better start taking notes. And then it became a book. And so it's Isn't been, that the way, right? It's I'm going to take notes and then so, it became yeah, a book. Yeah. And it's been such a, it's been so heartening because I've, like I said, become a bit of a specialist in it now because I have so many lichen sclerosis patients worldwide. But it's just it's so heartwarming to be able to help people recover from this skin disorder. So Tammy, is that book also listed and available through your website? Yes. And is it also um, Amazon? And uh, on Amazon and a hard copy and also yes. a uh, yeah. ebook? Yeah. It's not available at as many of the other venues. Mm-hmm. Um, it is at Ascendant Books as well and mm-hmm. at the chapters in St. Albert. But, but you yeah. know, for audience that aren't local, yeah. it is Amazon. available and, and they can first find out about it. You probably have a little bit of an overview about it on your site, is that? On my site, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And people yeah. find it all the time just by uh, a, a search engine of lichen sclerosis. Yeah. Okay. Is this, um, I, I think I heard you say it's primarily um, women that get it or men? Yeah, can men too. can get yeah, it. Yeah, but it's mostly women. Yeah, and I did get two male patients since the book came out in three years. Okay. But otherwise it's all been females. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So it's not a travel book to Australia, but it's a exactly. travel book throughout your body. <laughs> I love that. You're right, because of course, it, you know, we don't just go and heal that one part. It's the entire. It is the whole. It is the whole thing, right? Yeah. And hence, holistic, yes. right? Is yeah. it may show up in an area, but it really has to do with the yeah. whole body. Heil Kunst, holistic and Heil Kunst. So salvation yeah. of the soul. We remove all of those yeah. energetic that energetic goo that's been stuck in in the soul spirit, so that everything can be as it was meant to be i like it energetic goo yeah i always <laughs> think of scientific. these little oh, oh yeah i get it i always think about these little kinks in our energy body but energetic goo i like it the yeah. congestion right things yeah, yeah. that get balled up and congested right tammy you have been amazing i really thank appreciate you, you, you coming made it in so easy on me thank oh, you well <laughs> I'm just really good at asking gifted people to come on these podcasts. So thank you so much. much. And we've given you the information on how to contact Tammy. And again, you can also Google Tammy Quick Edmonton. If anybody is interested in contacting me, you can go to my website, katherinepotter.ca. Or you can email me at katherinepotter at shaw.ca. And remember now, the podcast will be available on you, the universe, the holistic mind.ca. So join me next week. We're going to be talking to a wet designer who has used drumming to open her life in a variety of ways, mental, emotional, and physical. So join me next week. And until then, have an amazing amazing week. Stay healthy, stay strong, be holistic in your thinking, your actions. Have a good week.